0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, welcome to week one. Tangled. Chargers post-game show. I'm Anthony Cazenza from the Orange and Black Insider and CincyJungle.com. I hope you are all doing well, despite the result that we saw today with the Bengals losing to the Chargers 16-13. Unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals, they had it within grasp, uh, either a tie or a win. They had it within their grasp, and some old demons, some old familiar Cincinnati Bengals demons came back around, and the Bengals fall to 0-1, a loss to start off the Joe Burrow era. There's a lot to get to. We'll be here for a handful of minutes, and if you're watching us live or if you're watching after the fact, thank you for checking out our show. Thank you for also looking at uh, check, checking out our pregame show with Matt Minnick, John Sharon, and myself. Um, we, we kind of did a little experiment there and, uh, we thought it was, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with the pregame show. Hopefully you did as well. Um, a little bit more relaxed than some of our other shows that we have, uh, just kind of tailgating with you all. So hopefully you enjoyed that, but a lot of things to get to in terms of the Bengals loss today. So let's, let's talk about missed opportunities. Okay. And when you, when you look at missed opportunities, surprisingly enough, Joe Burrow was one of those people that headlined missed opportunities or critical mistakes. You look at Joe Mixon, a guy who hasn't fumbled since his rookie year in 2017, lost a fumble at a critical part of the game. And you had to know if you're Joe Mixon that they were going to ride you this week. Week one, no preseason, rookie quarterback, you're coming off a new contract extension, you were going to get the ball quite a bit. And it rained earlier in the day, so the turf was a little slippery, especially in the first part of the game. You knew you were going to get the ball often. Um, I'm sure that that was part of the game plan. And fumbles happen. We know that it rarely happens with Joe Mixon, but unfortunately, it came a fumble, a rare fumble came at the worst possible time. Uh, and they never come at good times, but came at a, a bad time. Bengals defense ended up holding strong, though I think they only held held the uh, Chargers to a field goal there. Um, you know, you look at you look at mistakes. Joe Burrow missed a wide open AJ Green on a third down for a possible touchdown pass. That was not a good sign you can you can go either way on the throw to John Ross I kind of blame John Ross a bit more than Joe Burrow on on that play that happened to uh, a couple of plays before the missed green touchdown Um, you know slightly maybe overthrown by John Ross but um, not really much of an effort in terms of uh, he kind of tried to basket catch the thing and not extend so uh, and that was just one of uh, many mistakes John Ross made. He had a bobble at the end of the game. Luckily that didn't really end up costing him, but at the time it loomed large also had a false start. Just seems that John Ross is not getting it as much as we want him to. It seems that John Ross is not going to ever get it. At least not with the Cincinnati Bengals. I know it's only one game. Gary James go mean. I know, I know, I know. So, uh, you know, I- I'm-, I'm with you there, but there are familiar mistakes that keep popping up from familiar players And you got to you got to point the finger and say, you know, these are glaring problems and they're recurring problems. And you have to, you know, you have to try and do what you can to fix it. So, John Ross, obviously you point to Randy Bullock, inexplicable what happened there at the end. Uh, He guy kicks a 50 yard field goal, clutch field goal, another 43 yard field goal, clutch field goal, game on the line, 31 yard chip shot field goal and just pulls it right. Uh, he did, you know, supposedly injure himself on the play. Don't know the severity of it. Don't know exactly what happened there. Um, so maybe, maybe, you know, in his kicking motion, there was an injury that occurred that caused him to miss the field goal, but there are some decisions there that call into question for Zach Taylor and company. He had seven seconds left. Did you want to do one quick play with Joe Burrow? Do you want the ball in Joe Burrow's hands who was heating up towards the end of the game there? Or do you want it in your kicker's foot to tie the game? I don't know. Uh, I think I would have liked to have seen one maybe fade pass, something like that. One quick out pass, that sort of thing. Um, Look, Joe, Joe Burrow missed a couple of passes today. The shovel pass, that was an interception. That was a critical critical mistake a rookie mistake we've seen that from all kinds of different quarterbacks both on the Bengals and not on the Bengals. um so you can you know you can point to to joe burrow making some rookie mistakes but if you if you also want to go on the positives which we will get to more of those in, in just a second if you want to go on the positives joe burrow showed the joe burrow gene if you will at the end of the game where he came up clutch was making plays dispersing the ball well to a number of different targets hitting big third down plays And moving the ball and really should have had the game-winning touchdown to A.J. Green. You look at that, by the way, that play where A.J. Green is called for offensive pass interference at the end of the game there. He did extend the arm. He did push off Casey Hayward. However, that was a play that was five yards out. And the rule states, at least to my knowledge, that five yards in, wide receivers can jostle and you know, use a bit more hand movement or shoving against defensive backs than they can down the field. Same with defensive backs on wide receivers. There is more physicality that is allowed within five yards than what is not allowed down the field. So that penalty itself was questionable. There was a, you know, a a penalty by Jesse Bates and it was offset to uh, with Keenan Allen where they kind of bonked heads, at one point, uh, you know, you could kind of say, you know, it was Keenan Allen that lowered his head that caused Jesse Bates to hit him in the head. Uh, so tough day for the referees. And look, we we said this on the pregame, we said this on the Orange and Black Insider this week. It was going to be a sloppy game. It was going to be an ugly game. And hey, the ref didn't have preseason either, so they're kind of playing catch up a little bit as it is. And there was going to be some frustrating calls, and unfortunately, a couple of them went against the Bengals this week. Uh, can't can't also say. Uh, You know, unfortunately, can't also go through the negatives without mentioning Bobby Hart. Uh Bobby Hart in one drive alone had a false start and a, allowed a sack by Joey Bosa. There were other times where he was allowing a lot of big hits on Joe Burrow, a couple of which I was praying that Joe Burrow was going to get up because some of them were very, very... Big hits, and uh, I was I was a little surprised to see kind of Joe pop back up off the turf pretty quickly there because some of them looked pretty, pretty intense. Uh, there were a couple of big, you know, nice moments from Bobby Hart. He cleaned things up towards the end of the game. There was a – unfortunately, it, it seemed as if Drew Tranquil, the defensive back slash linebacker for the Chargers, it seemed as if he uh, had a very significant and very ugly injury on a block that um, – Bobby Hart was putting on him, had nothing to do with Bobby Hart doing anything dirty. Uh, unfortunately, Tranquil slipped and Bobby Hart put, put a nice block on him. But um, unfortunately, it, it seemed as if Drew Tranquil s- s- suffered a pretty significant injury there. So that's, that's not good. But there were some bright spots um, from Bobby Hart, but there was some very significant issues at right tackle. And really, many of the spots on the offensive line. Jonah Williams played very well, I thought, or at least pretty well. Trey Hopkins had a couple of nice moments, but really it's the spots that we were all worried about. The guard, the two guard spots and the right tackle spot, those are major, major issues. And Joe Burrow took way too many hits. Yes, Joe Burrow did quarterback draws. Yes, Joe Burrow ran the ball and scrambled around. And, and that's what he does. He ad-libs in the pocket. That's what he does to avoid pressure. But the offensive line is still a significant concern Going forward for the Cincinnati Bengals, and those are some of the major negatives that we saw today. Unfortunately, too, this these signs that I, I mentioned—the missed touchdown pass to John Ross, the missed touchdown pass to AJ Green, settling for field goals, the uh, you know the, the false starts on your own home turf—which, by the way, there is no crowd noise. Uh, the Fumble by Joe Mixon, which rarely occurs. These are mistakes on your home turf in the second half when you know you're going to get the ball quite frequently. And, yes, I know, God bless him, Joe was trying to make plays because there was not much running room all day for him. I think he only had 69 yards on the ground. I, I understand that he's trying to make something happen, and he was trying to make a play, and, unfortunately, the ball just kind of squirted out. But you got you to gotta hang on to this football. Close game, second half. You never fumble, and uh, you know you're going to get the ball. You got to hang on to it. John Ross, just a myriad of issues again. Um, you know, and and you you kind of were hoping that the ball would be spread out of maybe a bit more. Tyler Boyd was relatively quiet, had a couple of nice catches late to extend the drives, um, especially on the final drive. Nothing from Odell Tate, nothing from T. Higgins. That's okay because AJ Green maybe gave you a little bit more than you than you thought, at least for some folks. Um, you know, so. You, you were kind of hoping for a little bit more from some of these players, but, uh, you know, the coaches, I think, are also trying to get their feet under them uh, a bit more here. I'm Anthony Kazenzo with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. This is the post-game show. Thank you for joining us. The Bengals lose to the Chargers 16-13, to and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, they fall to 0-1, and it just seems that the losing continues. Even in the Joe Burrow era, the losing continues, and, you know... What, what really bothered me, guys and gals, was the what we were hoping for with Joe Burrow was a bit more of the clutch gene, and while he showed it at the end there, at the end of the game, um, the, the, the team and some of the familiar characters did not exude that same gene. Uh, I mentioned Ross and Bullock and company, they just didn't come up big like they should have, so... Unfortunately, the Bengals fall to 0-1. Now, on the good side, the defense played very well, I thought. Now, they didn't garner any turnovers, which was kind of a bummer when you're going against Tyrod Taylor, a marginal starter in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the the Chargers didn't really have a ton of explosive plays. A couple of big passes here and there to Hunter Henry. Mike Williams made a couple of nice plays. But overall, Josh Bynes played his butt off. Uh, Jesse Bates, incredible game by Jesse Bates. William Jackson played really well. Um, saw a lot of nice stuff from uh, the defensive line without Geno Atkins, minimal big plays on the ground, minimal big plays through the air. Now what you, what you have to ask yourself is, was it the Bengals defense improving? Was it the Chargers offense that was a little stagnant with Tyrod Taylor under center was it a little bit of both. I'd probably say it's, it's the latter. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a mixed bag there. It's also the fact that it's week one and no preseason. And so really, um, what, what does this game tell us about either team? What does this game tell us about either team? I don't really know. Uh, you know, to me, the chargers were not very impressive. There were a lot of things I, I, as we know, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are fantastic football players and fa- fantastic edge players that was cemented, um, outside of those guys, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, very good players. Keenan Allen was pretty quiet thanks to William Jackson, who I mentioned had a good good game, and Jesse Bates as well. Mike Williams had a couple of uh, big catches. But, I mean, there's some talent on that roster, but overall it was a bit – I was a little underwhelmed with what I saw from the Chargers. Now, if you're a Charger fan, you could look at the Bengals and say, okay, well, I was underwhelmed from for, by Joe Burrow. I was underwhelmed by Joe Mixon and, and the supposed vaunted Bengals offense. Um, so I, I could see both sides of the argument there. So, but – my point is is I don't really know where to gauge where both of these teams are at this point. I, I don't I don't know exactly how to grasp where these teams are. What I will say is some of the things we saw today in terms of mistakes and players who made the mistakes and you know, egregiousness of errors, all of that, it is very reminiscent of week one last year with the Seahawks where you had a game in grasp against a team that you thought was pretty good. And you had a game that you, you think you you should have won and you didn't pull it out. And and what you're left with is a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas, right? Mike, if, if John Ross catches that touchdown pass, if AJ Green catches that touchdown pass uh, and Joe Burrow doesn't overthrow him, if, uh, the, the penalty isn't called against AJ Green at the end of the game. If Randy Bullock doesn't pull the the kick, you know it's a lot of ifs and and. You kind of you're kind of left with a, a lot of questions. You're left with more questions than answers at this point. But continuing on with the positives, you know the def- Bengals defense played really well without Geno Atkins. Marcus Bailey was inactive, but uh, the linebackers, especially Josh Bynes and Jermaine Pratt, played very, very well. Very well, I thought. Limited a lot of the damage, and uh, again, you'd like to think it's because of the acquisitions and the and the new faces on that side of the ball that made the difference, but um, while it is that, I think it's also the fact that, you know, the, that the Chargers weren't really showing all that much either, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes... what happens with the defense going forward, but for now it looks like there's at least at a minimum marginal improvement thanks to the new faces there. By the way, one of the new faces, DJ Reader, was carted off the field at some point. Uh, he did, it was only cramps, thankfully, and he did return to the game, so it, it appears that he will be okay. If you joined us for the pregame show with Bengal Jim Foster, he was telling us that he ran into Troy Blackburn, of all people, uh, this morning on a, on a morning jog as he was setting up his drive through tailgate in downtown. And uh, it sounds like Genome Atkins may be a 50-50 for Thursday night. And if he doesn't play Thursday night, he should play the following week. We can take that a little bit with a grain of salt because, you know, who knows how much they're going to divulge at this point. But um, that's... Uh, that's kind of where where things are at with Geno Atkins. Mike Daniels played admirable in his absence. I thought Mike Daniels played pretty well. D- DJ Reader played pretty well. Like I said, most of the defense played pretty well. Darius Phillips had his ups and downs, uh, had a couple of, of pass breakups, I believe, and then also had uh, a, a couple of completions to Mike Williams, a couple penalties against him as well. So there are a lot of uh, – Uh, there was a lot of ups and downs for Darius Phillips, but for the most part, the defense showed vast improvement. My, my worry for the offense going forward with the Cincinnati Bengals were were the dry spells that we saw this, this game. We saw massive dry spells throughout the second quarter, throughout parts of the third quarter. Um, You know, Joe Burrow still doesn't uh, have a passing touchdown to his name. He ran the ball in the end zone. It was a great play, ran the ball into the end zone and, um, You know he he could have would have should have had a touchdown at the end of the game there to AJ Green, Um, but despite it all and him, I I would assume he would admit that he is he did not play his best game. The I I would think that there's got to be some hope that's at least inspired based on what we saw at the end of the game and the fact that he was really in a groove at the end of the game and it was it was crunch time. And essentially the Bengals had the game to either tie or lose at the end there. So, um, you know, you got to be encouraged at least a little bit, despite the weird play where he shoveled past it for an interception. Uh, That was a little uh, channeling Gus Perot or John Kitna a little bit there, but uh, you have to be at least a little bit encouraged. Wasn't the explosive plays weren't there both because of other, uh, because of poor protection, because of drops or a couple of bad throws by Burrow himself. But, um, at the end of the day, he had the team in, in position to tie or win the game, which is what you want out of your quarterback, and he really had the game there. And uh, some circumstances out of his control at the end of the game caused the Bengals to lose the the game here. You know, but the big question going forward here, and I'll be here for a handful of minutes. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. We've got a lot of live viewers, and uh, I appreciate the um, – Appreciate the feedback, appreciate all the comments. I know you guys are, the live listeners are uh, chatting with each other and everything. That's awesome. The The question that we have to go forward with now, as we look at the Cincinnati Bengals, 0-1, very well, coulda, woulda, shoulda been 1-0. I mentioned the the game last year against Seattle and what that game was, what the Bengals did, what they did not do. Um, and how they barely lost that game. And when we came away from that game, we thought, hey, you know, this team isn't as far off as we think. New coach hasn't played playing inspired football. The defense is okay, you know, that sort of thing. And we we know now, as we look back, that the defense was awful, and we know now that the quarterback play was subpar, be it from Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley. We know now that the offensive line struggled massively, and that just wasn't a very good team. Uh, given that they finished 2-14 and 14 and then landed with the number one overall pick. What I don't know is what Bengals team is going to – is this Bengals team going to be that same type of Bengals team going forward? Was because we know week one is a mixed bag. We know that week one doesn't really tell us every single thing that we think we know. Wins and losses don't tell the tale. Uh, you know, teams are still trying to find their way, create their their game plans, et cetera. And we don't know exactly what's what's ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know exactly uh, what this team will look like from week to week. We, we think that there's marked improvement. But if you look back at that Seattle game, the defense played pretty well against a good Seahawks defense at that point. Defense collapsed the rest of the way. Andy Dalton, John Ross had great games that week they kind of both collapsed the rest of the way this week you know another game that was easily within grasp to win to tie to put it to overtime whatever Bengals did not take advantage some very familiar mistakes some very Bengals like issues reared their ugly heads and now we're kind of left with are the Bengals closer to the 2019 Bengals and this was just a weird week one and they're still far off or have they made those changes and actually the re- the changes to the roster that's that have been needed and actually they're a lot closer to getting their feet under them getting into a groove they're a young team they're a team in transition and as we hit more of the middle and late parts of the season it's a team that's going to put wins together that's, that's the question we have to ask ourselves. We, I, again, not an overwhelming performance by Joe Burrow in terms of the positive, but when it came down to the crunch time, the clutch time, and when you needed your quarterback to make plays, Joe Burrow stepped up. The rest of the team did not. That wasn't the case last year. Again, defense played well week one last year. Defense played well week one this year. rest of last year, they did not play well. Who knows what's going to happen here? You think, you know, DJ Reader's fine. You're going to get Sean Williams back probably pretty soon. You're going to get Geno Atkins back pretty soon. You'd like to think that this team's going to continue to play pretty well on defense. But, you know, when when you look at what week one tells us and does not tell us, and when you look at what happened last year after week one it does beg the question as to what what do the 2020 what does the 2020 season look like for the for the Cincinnati Bengals what does the other 15 games ahead look like for the for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of the outlook and how they're going to perform how the respective units are going to perform you also have to wonder what's ahead for some of these guys I mentioned that that struggled today how long are their leashes? How long is the leash for Bobby Hart? How long is the leash for John Ross? How long is the leash for Randy Bullock? Unfortunately, for the, for the kicker position, they don't really have many contingency plans in place there. At right tackle, at least they have Fred Johnson. Maybe Fred Johnson steps in next game as a starter or you know, if there's continued issues there. Um, who knows? The Bengals have more wide receiver talent behind John Ross. Nobody has the speed John Ross has though. That's behind him. Nobody in the NFL has the speed John Ross has. So that is going to be, you know, and speed is something you cannot coach, but you got to be able to catch the ball. You got to be able to come up with grabs at at clutch times in the game. And uh, John Ross has, unfortunately, a guy that I was very high on when the Bengals drafted him. Unfortunately, he is a guy that has shown that he has been unreliable at best. Up front, and and yes, uh, I see Robert Roy Forsman say Jonah was a beast today, and will continue to be. Jonah Jonah Williams played very well today, and if you go back and look at the tape, he was moving guys out of the way. Trey Hopkins played very well today. Uh, The Bengals have two very good linemen, offensive linemen. Unfortunately, they have three, at best, average to not very good linemen at the other three spots, and they need to figure that out, and they need to figure that out quickly. Um, and yes, eight eight six two five zero r we had zero pass rush. It was sickening, yes. Uh, pass rush was limited today. Tyrod Taylor is, is a bit mobile. He can move around a little bit and avoid the rush. If, if you joined us Wednesday, Ben Baby from ESPN joined us on the program. He noted that the pass rush begins and ends with Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins commands attention. Geno Atkins, even when he commands attention or one-on-ones, he makes plays, or he uh, frees up others to get pressure. Carl Lawson had some pressures, but as it has always been with Carl Lawson's career, Carl Lawson gets pressures. He does not bring down the quarterback. Pressures are great; it's a great statistic. It really is. But at some point, you got it. You also got to combine that with some sacks, and uh, you know net yardage losses on defense. And Carl Lawson just really hasn't done that. Uh, very much in his career. Sam Hubbard had a couple of nice plays. I I know he had a nice play on Tyrod Taylor in a uh, RPO, but um, you know, again, not getting to the quarterback. um, That's an unfortunate part of today, but the defense overall, the defense did more than enough to keep this, this game winnable. And uh, it was not on the defense really to to blame here the only thing here that i can say the Bengals focus so much on the basics on defense tackling you know gap responsibility and edge play and all of that that they need to start netting turnovers and when you're minus two even even in this game even if they would have won this game they would have been minus two in the turnover margin and, and, and you just can't you can't win a lot of games that way um, so the defense does need to make more turnovers, but they did more than enough today to keep this game winnable, manageable, etc. What's ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals play on a short week here. They face a Cleveland Browns team in Cleveland. That is coming off a terrible loss to Baltimore. Baker Mayfield played pretty poorly. The entire Browns team did not play well. Odell Beckham had minimal impact. Um, you know, again, a team with a lot of hype and a lot of talent, but it just isn't putting it together on the field. They're not cohesive as a team. They're not putting it together. Um, part of me is saying, you know, I, I, I'm i a little bit envious of, uh, you know, some of the, the talent that the Browns have accumulated in terms of their roster talent, but part of me also says, you know, I'm I'm pretty – I'm far more content with the Bengals situation right now, as we head into week two and into this game, than I am with, if I were a Browns fan, because the Browns have continued to disappoint. Um, You on one hand, you like to think that the Browns maybe are coming into this game, you know, division rivalry game and we've got something to prove home opener primetime television. Um, So there's, there's that aspect, but at the same time, they really got uh, really got it handed to them today by the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And um, you know, if the Bengals continue to play the way they did on defense, and if Joe Burrow rides some of this late game momentum into this week, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't like to lose because he rarely ever did it at high school, college, anywhere. He never really loses. So to go and play in the pros and lose his first game, really on circumstances that were largely out of his control, you know, he's going to come back with a vengeance there too. So it should be a very interesting game on Thursday. Um, just as I sit here right now, I'm inclined to think that the Bengals have a pretty good chance of winning that game. But uh, again, it's, it's the little things about the Bengals, whether it's under Zach Taylor, whether it's under Marvin Lewis, whether it's who Carson Palmer, a quarterback, whether it's Andy Dalton, a quarterback, Joe Burrow, these clutch moments, and these these doing the little things well, the Bengals did not do that once again today. And it's kind of been a trademark of the franchise. I said this before, I was very interested to see how Joe Burrow would perform in these first two games, particularly at the end of this game, which he showed me a lot on that final drive, but also primetime television division rival on the road for his second game. These first two games, you don't want to grade a quarterback's career on – on his first two games per se, but these first two games are going to tell me a lot about Joe Burrow, his career, uh, his DNA as a quarterback, and, you know, what what we should expect going forward. I'm seeing a lot of comments that are basically saying they're frustrated, but you know, it's one game. It's just a, you know, it was out of, out of control. It's, you know, merit investing. And I assume that's a, I assume that's a business account. Maybe Uh, it sucked, but we'll be fine. If Bullock is healthy enough, they're not going to change this week. You know, I've seen a lot of different comments. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways to take this result. Um, But, but the fact of the matter is the Bengals are own one and uh, you know, it was a heartbreaking loss, but um, you know there are some, a lot of positives to take from this from this game. But a lot of negatives as well. We're gonna get on out of here. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast and CincyJungle.com. Thanks for joining me on the postgame show. Thanks for joining us on the pregame show as well. Brought to you by Narragansett Beer. There's my son yelling at you, by the way. And we do have a couple of winners from some giveaways from the pregame show, and we'll contact you directly on that. Thanks everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you throughout the week for podcast and for the pregame show leading up to Thursday Night Football, the Bengals going to Cleveland to face the Browns. Thanks. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip?